So, uh, Champions League draw today is pretty interesting. Uh, uh, you know, mixed feedback, I think, from um, Fergie and the, the team over at United. Uh, I suppose they'll be glad to have avoided Real Madrid, who they could have had out of pot two, but they've got some pretty tough-looking away fixtures. Uh, Wolfsburg, long trips to Turkey and Russia, uh, especially before some key games as well. Thoughts? Well, the the Champions League draw, the you know the group stages of the Champions League are they just they offer no excitement whatsoever anymore to me. It's like the Champions League doesn't start until the group stages are finished almost. But this season we have got you know those are some pretty substantial banana skins potential potential trouble. Wolfsburg are an excellent side. It, it's actually going to be really interesting to see how the kind of new Bundesliga stacks up against um against the acknowledged giants of the European game at the moment. Right. Actually the the coefficients look quite interesting if um if one of the German sides reaches the semi final this year, there's quite a good chance they'll overtake Italy and Italy will lose one of their Champions League places. So yeah, German German sides are pretty strong at the moment. And and as regards Wolfsburg, they haven't lost any of their key players, so they're as good if not better than last season. Yeah, absolutely. Um Although I need to point out to you that you started that sentence with the coefficients look quite interesting this season, and uh, rare is the time you thought you'd be saying that. I'm sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose it doesn't worry United uh, what, what their coefficient is. It's, uh, it's pretty good either way. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's it's definitely a pretty rough draw. You'd think that obviously we we've got an excellent chance of beating all three of those teams at home, and I think we really are going to probably need to because you can definitely imagine you know a, a couple of poor performances and it could start to get pretty tasty do you know the order of the games i haven't seen it yet um I, start away at Besiktas. uh the rest is computer generated so I, I haven't seen the full draw yet but um I, I, you know we'll publish that on rant if we can get a win away at Besiktas, it makes everything start to look pretty comfortable and obviously Manchester United are a considerably better team than Besiktas. It's just, you know, Manchester United are a considerably better team than Burnley as well. Well, that's right. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there'll be uh, banners at the airport welcome, welcome, welcoming the team to hell and, and all of that. Um, but uh, the standard of the Turkish League hasn't really progressed over the last few years. I mean, the, the Turkish national team's done well in a couple of tournaments. But generally speaking, the better Turkish players play outside of Turkey these days. Yeah, Mos- Moscow will be interesting, of course, because that's a return to the uh, the the, um, the stadium where United won the 2008 Champions League final, of course. Yes, so happy memories. Happy memories, indeed. Anyway, I, I, I'm sure that United will progress through that group. Tough though it is, and of course. Uh, um, they'll be looking to win their opening three or four games, ensure qualification so they can uh, rest a few players at the end. Although, of course, it's really important to finish top of the group so you get the away leg first in the first knockout stage. Yeah, um, and, you know, here's to meeting Real Madrid in the Bernabeu at, uh, in the final and beating them comfortably whilst pointing at Cristiano Ronaldo and laughing. Let's hope so, let's hope so. Um, and and uh, to- talking of uh, you know fun times, um, uh, you know, <laughs> that, is, that is a brilliant link, Ed. You could do this for a living. I certainly could. Um, uh, United five, Wigan nil this uh, this past weekend. That that was something of a turn up for the books, given given the previous two results and pretty toothless performances against Burnley and, and Birmingham at five second half goals. 
I'm pretty sure we spent a good half of last week's rantcast uh, talking about how we were looking toothless, we potentially lacked creativity, you know, all this sort of thing. And then, uh, then United did what we all hoped that they would do and showed that the system can work. It's one of those... Um, listen, not to be in any way negative about what was an absolutely fantastic result and an excellent performance, but it's one of those games where once United go 2-0 up, the rest of the goals are kind of, it, it, you know, it becomes a training session at that point almost. But it was nice to see um, the United strikers taking their chances in that in that training session. You know, it, it's it, it's it's got to be fantastic for the confidence, right? It's brilliant to see Michael Owen getting off the mark, or Manchester United's Michael Owen, as I've taken into referring to him any opportunity I can. Um, in fact, I think that United Rant's official policy should be to always announce him as Manchester United's Michael Owen. Um, it was good to see him scoring uh, and obviously relishing scoring. It was brilliant to see Berbatov playing well. I, I've got, I, I really like Dimitar Berbatov. I always have done. I'm, I'm concerned that he's not going to perform to the level that he seems to be capable of. But boy, do I hope he does because I really like his um, presence on the pitch. I really like the the fact that he looks like he should be in French movies. You know, he, he, uh, Dimitar Berbatov is cool, right? You know. I, and he had a great game against Wigan. He was he was really really good. Um... And and it was, especially in the second half, I think Berbatov took hold of the ball and he was playing people in, um, uh, finding the angles, slowing the game down when he needed to, playing it off you know, more quickly when, when the, the move demanded it. I, I thought it was really good uh, against Wigan and uh, long may that continue. Um, interesting point, though, about United scoring all those goals because for, for nearly an hour... It just didn't quite work, um, no. and then all the chances came in the last sort of 40 minutes of the game. United found, um, I think it was 13 uh, shots on target against four against Burnley, so that's you know, obviously a massive improvement both in the number of chances and the number of chances that you know, forced the goalkeeper into a save or indeed hit the back of the net. So much improved performance, and um, the team seems to be gelling. Uh, Antonio Valencia was good again. Fletcher yep. was awesome in the middle of the park, um, really growing into that sort of defensive midfield. Role. I mean, what what has happened to Darren? Darren Fletcher is is you know, I mean, I, there was a thing on a on, on a rival football podcast, not a rival football podcast at all. It's like number one in the iTunes sports charts. <laughs> it's like um, it's, it's like Liberal Democrats claiming that the uh, the Labour Party and the Tories are rivals to their chances of winning government but the the guardians football podcast um they were talking about how unfancied players if they if they have a kind of unfashionable background they never quite get the credit that they deserve and and someone described um fletcher as being like manchester united's most important midfielder now what what do you think of that i think he'd be pretty surprised but he's a he's a modest type darren fletcher and it's one of those things that perhaps not helped his career um he needed to take Games by the scruff of the neck a lot longer ago, but I think that one of the things that's helped him is he's he's now playing to his strengths. When Fletcher was 16 and was uh, put on the bench by Alex Ferguson for the last game of the season against Aston Villa a few years back, and he was actually blocked by, from doing that by the the Premier League in the end. But he was thought of as a creative midfielder, you know, heir apparent to Paul Scholes, the mm. the number 10, um, and he was always thought of as being a touch player. Um, but a few injuries, you know, a bad leg injury, um, and just his growth and development have, have turned him into something different. And I think he's now playing to his strengths. He, he can be that midfield enforcer, but 
again, you know, his passing is you know good for a, that type of player, and I, I think he's become a really important member of the squad. That's not to say that if Owen Hargreaves is, comes back and fit and at the top of his game that he wouldn't supplant Fletcher in that role, but Fletcher's become really important. One of the reasons, of course, why um, Anderson can't get in the side at the moment and then through the hissy fit recently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just before we uh, move off the Wigan game, though, um, before when we were talking about transfers last week, I, I said, you know, if Dimitar Berbatov doesn't become a world class number nine or doesn't start playing like the world class number nine he potentially already is, um, then we need to we need to bring players in. But but there were glimpses in that Wigan game, weren't there? I mean, you know. It's it's one of those things. It's 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 in inverted commas only Wigan. So you know, perhaps too early to be massively triumphalist about it. But it, it was very good to see see it all kind of clicking and working. And and Owen scored a, a really difficult chance as well. Yeah. The most difficult chance he's had in in any of the preseason or you know season games. So far, um, let's, let's hope that gives him a bit of confidence. And he's traditionally been a player that takes a few games to get going. Um, and you know, as long as he stays fit, he he's he potentially it's Michael Owen. Everyone's kind of he's become a kind of somewhat of a joke figure in the way that public opinion does that, you know. But he's Michael Owen. The, the kid was a phenomenon, you know. He was a brilliant finisher. So if 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 that confidence does spur him on, if if the 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 new Team that's building at Manchester United. If he if he feels like a genuine part of that team, eh, potentially quite exciting times. They're always exciting times, at Old Trafford. Uh, and uh, of course, you're Anderson. And I'm uh, sorry, I tried to bring this up earlier, but um, sorry, sorry, I, I just I delayed your segue only by one paragraph. Though you're straight into it now. Can't can't help myself. So, <laughs> what what's going on with this kid? Because he, um, I mean, he's young. He's naive. He he likes to party. Um, he allegedly likes the company of uh, women of the night, um, uh, you know, a few drinks and, and all of that. And, and I guess most worrying, he seems to have a little bit of an attitude problem, if, if you believe the reports uh, that have been leaked to the press in the past week and, and leaked, I'm sure they were. Um, so, yeah, the, the opinion appears to be split on uh, this you know, amongst the Old Trafford faithful. Is he going to make it? He's certainly a classy player, but uh, are the other things in his life going to hold him back? Well, you know, without wanting to dole out cliches, he's at a really great club if he does have those kinds of problems because, you know, if he's prepared to fight, then he will have the support to kind of deal with that kind of stuff. I mean, one of the things that you mentioned when we were talking about this before we started recording was um, the potential that maybe Fergie's actually gone a bit soft and, and that the Ronaldo years... You know the the, the molly coddling of Cristiano Ronaldo was something he would not have done for for other players in the past, and and maybe this is an example of that. I mean, you know, uh, it, I think it's in Carrie Anne's piece about Anderson. It might have been in yours, mentioning Ferguson turning up on Ryan Giggs's doorstep when he yeah. was expecting other partiers. You know, and it's uh, it's. There doesn't seem to be a lot of that going on, and and it seems like the the kid could really do with that sort of thing because you know whilst I'm sure it must be very difficult to come from Brazil to live in England to be at the you know most storied football club in the world and you know the unspeakable amounts of money floating around 
and if you've got a taste for the kind of fast lifestyle then then it must be extremely uh, appealing and 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 a big draw but but kids are going to have to knuckle down because um it would be such a shame for that potential to go to waste it it'd just be brilliant if 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 he could come into his own over the next couple of years it would it would be and he's got all the tools it would be nice to see him scoring a few more he's got a great goal against uh, Boca Juniors in the pre-season Audi Cup a really great finish from the free kick, but just hasn't done that at all in competitive games for United. I, I, I guess the worry uh, with Anderson is he, the penny has to drop, um, it, and it has to drop quite quickly. And I know a few fans are frustrated with this kind of last chance saloon uh, line that's been brought out both on Rant and, and in the mainstream press. Uh, but it really is, and there, there's a good example here. And I mentioned Ryan Giggs in my piece. In that famous story about him opening the door for Alex Ferguson, Lee Sharp was hiding under the stairs. Um, now, is Anderson going to be the next Ryan Giggs or the next Lee Sharp? Because he's got yeah. the talent to be both. Um, and uh, Lee wasted his, and Ryan Giggs is one of the most celebrated players in the history of the club. Um, Anderson's future, he's got to decide. He can work at his game and improve, but if he doesn't curb the off-the-pitch um issues and his attitude to the manager I'm sure he'll never do that again uh, then he's going to be shipped out of the club and that's for sure So what did he actually do to the manager? What what, what was the, the big flashpoint? Uh, when he found out that he wasn't in the team for the Community Shield game uh, which uh, Ferguson traditionally tells the players the sort of afternoon or, you know, or the, if it's an afternoon game the morning of the game a few hours beforehand uh, he apparently questioned the manager's and challenged him on it and, and suggested that he ought to be in the team. Ferguson then told him that it was his deci- decision and if he didn't like it, he could leave the club. And uh, reports say that uh, staff were amazed at Anderson pushing back as strongly as he did. Um, and it was touch and go for a while there. Um, Anderson was in real danger of being put on the list and shipped out this, this summer. All right, so, um, it's... It's worrying times, just for you know the kid personally, because you could definitely. I think unlike Lee Sharp, you know, if Lee Sharp was around now, the the, the reputation that he had built um, as a player would currently would last longer. I mean, especially Anderson being Brazilian, you know, he, he could probably coast through a few clubs earning a lot of money, and you know. Hey, he'll end up at City if he's not careful, and that, that's a fate, fate worse than death. Yeah, wow, almost a fate worse than Lee Sharp, who ended up playing Icelandic football. Um, I, I would have to say that I would personally play Icelandic football before I play for City. Good, I should, I should hope so. Yeah, I just thought about that more carefully. I'm sorry to say it's definitely not true because I'm pretty sure they could, they could afford to buy my uh, moral standpoint. <laughs> Although you you wouldn't get the uh, you know in wastelands you wouldn't get the same view that you do in the uh, kind of uh, volcanic rocks and geysers of that's Ohio, true which that's, know, that's true very pretty very pretty absolutely prettier than Craig Bellamy anyway almost anything is prettier than Craig <laughs> Bellamy um who of course um sorry to smoothly segue no, I, I knew this was I, I knew this was coming I knew it was coming. Is a former Liverpool player, and <laughs> and what do we think about uh, Liverpool's start to the season? Is it a hilarious, or b <laughs> really hilarious, or c <laughs> a fact? 
I think it's all three of those things. No, you know what? Schadenfreude is a dangerous game. Certainly. Um, certainly. He, he who takes pleasure in the misfortune of others will surely find misfortune flavouring his crisps uh, in the near future. It's, um, yeah, of course it's funny. that uh, I work with quite a lot of Aston Villa supporters um, and uh, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of oh, thanks. That was good. Cheers. Appreciate that because it was nice of them to, to do his favourite. Aston Villa had a dreadful start to the to a dreadful first game of the season, and their ever-loyal fans were already booing them. Um, so it was it was good to see them, you know, I always like Martin O'Neill, so good to see them sort of beating Liverpool. It's good to see anyone beating Liverpool, really, isn't it? Uh, without Alonso, um, I, I don't know whether Benitez just didn't buy it or... He he blew it last summer when he tried to flog Alonso uh, against the players' wishes. But he's a really important player. He he made that team tick, um, and very important player defensively as well. And I, I think that will uh, they'll struggle because Aquilani is definitely not the same kind of player. But anyway, I agree with you. Schadenfreude is a very dangerous game. Of course, we we suffered ourselves at Burnley uh, that no doubt United will lose more games this season. Uh, as will Liverpool, but I think Liverpool's loss is, is pretty heavy. Um, well, I mean, you, you know, before the season, everyone was talking about, oh, will City break into the top four? And if so, obviously Arsenal would be the, the would have been seen as the natural team to kind of drop out of the top four. But the Gunners have had a stunning start to the season. I mean, yeah, all right, it, you know, let's see how they do on an away rainy night in Blackburn and all that sort of malarkey. But, you know, they, they've been phenomenal so far and... and playing that lovely football that they they sometimes do and Liverpool have been pretty woeful and woeful in in a kind of systemic way it's 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 not like it doesn't look like a couple of bad performances it looks like they're not playing the right system it looks yeah. like you know, like you say, losing Alonso is like losing a vital piece of the engine, isn't it? So I, I thought you know. they brought the wrong players in the summer. They yeah. certainly didn't need to spend £17 million on a right-back. They just didn't. Arbelo was a good player. He's just a good player. And I, I know they have a little more thrust from right-back now, but their, their, their problem is in forward-wide areas. And, and, of course, you know they now have a soft underbelly with Alonso gone. Um, Arsenal, on the other hand, interesting how their their tactics have changed. They haven't got that pivot up front, and they've looked like a very, very good side on the break. In the very first rankcast, you you described Arsenal as a team that always played four four two. I'm pretty sure they haven't played four four two yet this season. No, no, they're playing uh, they're playing more of a four three three with um, uh, Van Persie, Bentner, and and Arshavin, um in a you know. There's none of the, none of the three are particularly the centre forward at any one time. Much as United played for a long time under Ronaldo, perhaps not last season, but the season before. I mean, it, it, I have to say, like not wanting to go on about how good players play for other teams are particularly, but uh, that's the job of other people, not the rant cast where we're myopic and only see virtue in Manchester United players. I think that's our official policy, right? But that's the official policy. Yeah, but I think after Fernando Torres, Arshavin would be the uh, the first fantasy signing I'd make for uh, for United. Yeah, I, I'm I'm quite sure that um, he'd have been offered around because uh, his agents were looking for quite some time to to move the player on, and and I'm sure United considered him. I I just think yeah. with uh, at the time having um, uh, Tevez and Rooney, who you know both dropped deep, um, they they probably didn't see the reason to have uh, Arshavin at the squad. Um, so and, and I don't think we need to worry too much about our, our forward line this season. No, if, absolutely if you're not. If concerns about the squad, it is elsewhere, not not in the forwards. 
it just it's 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 not a it's a fantasy signing rather than a rational signing. You know what I mean? And also, by the way, I'm pretty sure no one ever needs to spend 17 million on a right back, right? I think it's you know it, how bad does your right back have to be for it to be worth spending that kind of money to replace him? Yeah, especially when you're getting Glenn Johnson. I mean, Barcelona spent 23 million euros on Daniel Alves. Uh, that doesn't count, right? He's, he's, he's not he's, a right back. He's top, top class. Top, top, <laughs> yeah. Very bad diver, and uh, it clearly has an attitude problem, but top, top class player. Yeah, absolutely. But but with the, with that exception, I mean, yeah, Glenn Johnson's all right. Like He's, he's pretty good. He's better than me at football, but well, that's not saying much. No, it certainly isn't. I've seen you play football. <laughs> So, um, looking ahead to the the weekend's match against Arsenal, then it, I suppose it's United's first big test of the season. Uh, you know, com- is. Community Shield aside, um, but uh, you know, Arsenal come to Old Trafford in in great form. They've they've won a whole bunch of games, scored a ton of goals. Uh, some more dubious than others. If <laughs> if uh, any rank cast listeners saw last night's game against Celtic. Um, but uh, yeah, they're in great form, and United have finally hit form. Uh, yeah, it makes for a really good match. It's one of them, isn't it? It's it's just like it's it's all it's my favourite fixture of the season every year. United against Arsenal. It's it's it, you know Arsenal are everything you want in a in a rival team. You know they're 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 they play they play really interesting football. They're just obnoxious enough to make it incredibly satisfying to beat them. You know, they're, they're, you know, I like how Wenger and Ferguson's relationship has kind of, kind of emerged into a kind of Moriarty and Holmes once they got over their homicidal rage against each other. You know, they, it's it's one of those those things. They they kind of realise that they've got more in common than than separates them. Um, sort of Jose Mourinho made them join forces against the uh, the newcomer or whatever. Um, but it's going to be a great game, and Man United are going to win. I'd say, I think I think we're going to I think we're going to stuff them. I think I think it's just going to be it's just going to go exactly how you would want it to go. I think I think they're going to come all fancy Dan and all that kind of Arsenal stuff. And uh, it's just not going to work this week. They're not going to get six against us. That's for sure. Well, no, that, that's for sure. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what um, team Ferguson puts out. Of course, last last time out, United played with Ronaldo through the middle, Park and Rooney wide, and they just bullied Arsenal through the centre of the park. And and yes. um, in both games, especially at Old Trafford, though, even even though the score was just the one goal to nil, it, United were good value for a few more than that, and they, they really took Arsenal apart that night. Um, of course, there'll be a slightly different formation this time out. Um, we would assume that Berbatov and Rooney are going to start up front. I think he's realised that Valencia needs to be in the side because he's too good and Nani's been in good form. So that, that for me, is your front four. And then it's perm two from four in the centre of midfield. So uh, Scholes, Carrick, Anderson and Fletcher. Now, Fletcher will definitely play. Yeah, uh, that, that's and the rest of them are up for debate because Scholes has played in a couple of the games. Uh, we didn't expect that. Uh, Anderson has these question marks hanging over him, and Carrick sat out two games as well. Um, and there was some press speculation that uh, they might be moving him on. Now I don't believe that, and I, I think Carrick and Fletcher will probably be the two. But um, Ferguson uh, is uh, you know, apt to spring a surprise. 
And especially against Arsenal. I remember a few seasons ago, I think it might have been the game where we beat their not particularly unbeaten run. Um, it was a, the game where they could have won 50 league games in a row. That's right. Phil, Phil Neville in the centre of midfield, which was kind of a rarity at the time. And he just he just absolutely dominated the game. He That's stopped right. everything they did. And it was a real, one of those little master strokes you get from Fergie from time to time. And, and maybe there'll be something like that. I mean, you sound you, you sound incredibly sure that he'll play Berbatov and Rooney up front, and and I certainly hope that's the case. You know, um, in terms of the spectacle and in terms of the way we kind of hope that United build towards playing. But I wouldn't be completely shocked if he played someone up front on their own, or he just played Berbatov up front on his own and played Rooney on the left of a five-person midfield with Park on the right or something. Yeah, of course. I mean, that that would have been the the uh, the tactic last season for sure. I I, I wonder whether he. he feels that Berbatov just slows the game down a bit too much to play him up there on his own. He he's um it's going to give Arsenal the chance to to you know group back and it's going to you know, mean that United can't counter. So I'd, I'd be I'd be a little surprised if he plays Berbatov through the middle on his own. It's never really worked. Um well, I suppose if he wanted to go a little more flexible, he could play really through the middle on his own. Um and Park and Valencia or Park and Nani or Valencia and Nani or whatever combination. He does like Park in these big games because of the yeah. kind of solidity it gives. Having said that, with Arsenal not really playing with, with proper wide people at the moment, I don't know whether he, he you know, will feel the need to worry about that. So well, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic, and I'm pretty sure it's gonna be two 0 to Manchester United. That's that's uh, I think that's what's gonna happen. I, I'm going for a win too. Um, I, I think United have been shipping some soft goals, although of course you know not, not on Saturday. But um, I think Arsenal no, will probably pretty... score. But um, I, I see United. I see United winning this game too. I was going to say I'm pretty sure Arsenal are better than Wigan. I just, just don't want to go out on a limb or anything. But so let's just hope the referee hasn't been blind to Eduardo's diving uh, tactics. Um, he was at least three feet away from the goalkeeper when he threw himself to the ground at the Emirates <laughs> Stadium last night. One of the most blatant dives you've ever seen, and quite how the referee or assistant uh, didn't spot that one is amazing. And we've seen some pretty blatant dives. There right? have been there have been some bad ones, but. Um, yeah, in in the Greg Luganis Hall of Fame, that's almost near the top. <laughs> yeah, but two 0 United. Good. Ar- okay. Arsenal to stutter and misfire. That's what's going to happen. And and um, of course, there's some uh, few positive signs on the injury front at the moment. Uh, Ferdinand looks like he'll be back for the Spurs game on the 12th of September. So not back for this game. Vidic, of course, played against Wigan. He, he didn't get much of a workout, but um, you know he'll have had another week's worth of training. Uh, Johnny Evans is hobbling through at the moment. They're going to have to send him for an operation sooner rather than later, but I would think they'll hold him back for this game. If he's not quite fit, Wes Brown's fit, um, and he'll probably be picked ahead of John O'Shea. And then I guess the um, the, the question mark is over who plays at right banker. Neville had a decent enough game at the weekend, uh, but he could play O'Shea or uh, Brown or indeed Fabio. Um, uh, any one of those could play at right back on the weekend. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who is going to play it right back at the weekend? I think he'll probably play safe. He'll play O'Shea, uh, Brown, Vidic and Evra as the back four. It's right, a good shout. Um, I have to say, at some point in the future, Rantcast, can we please have a conversation about John O'Shea's incredibly glittering storied career and how it doesn't seem to bear a direct correlation to his ability as a footballer? 
There's no time like the present. All right, well, I mean, listen, I don't mean to disparage the lad because, you know, he's amazing. He's he's had 50 Champions League starts for Manchester United, more now. That, that, that was a milestone he hit at some point last season. I just find it shocking. I, I'm, you know, I'm not the world's greatest expert on football, right? I, I don't get to go to as many live games as I'd, I'd like to. The, every time I've ever seen him play in person, he's always looked just just not of the standard of the rest of the team. His, his touch isn't there. His, his positioning isn't quite what you'd hope it was. He just, he just looks heavier on the ball than a lot of his colleagues. He just looks heavy, full stop. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> you know, he must be reasonably fit, right? Because he gets through 90 minutes a lot of the time. But am I, am I missing something? Is there something that John O'Shea does? that I'm not seeing because I don't understand the game well enough. No, he's just not very good. Um, right, okay. I, I think he doesn't have a great touch. He doesn't really offer the kind of attacking width that um, the modern fullback um, kind of you know, demands for that position. Uh, play him in midfield, he's, he's, he's just completely lost. Uh, I'm glad that Ferguson hasn't done that in quite a long time now. Um, but he's a good utility man to have around the squad. He can fill in any of the back four positions. He's not going to let anyone down. He doesn't have an attitude problem. He isn't going no. to like complain if he's on the bench. Um, he's always going to give a hundred percent. He's just not, in terms of world quality, he's just not that great. Um, right. Seems uh, like a thoroughly nice lad, though. He seems like a thoroughly nice lad. Yes. And he gave one of my favourite quotes of all time when he said, uh, I've just scored in the 90th minute in front of the cop. I'm living Gary Neville's dream. <laughs> very nice, very nice. And and for that alone, he will he will be a United legend. Um, yeah. Of course, he's been at the club a long time now. Um, one, yeah. of, one of the, uh, the few players to come through um, in the post-class of 92 era and uh, make a significant number of game, uh, you know, appearances for the club. Him and Darren Fletcher, right? And, and Wes before. Brown. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Wes Brown, who's uh, 10 years into his United career now, believe it or not. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, at the risk of sounding like an old man, time really does fly. Yeah, and, and these, are, these are things that are, are made of legends. Um, uh, Brown and O'Shea uh, and Fletcher, you know, not the three most talented players ever to have played the game, but uh, good honest pros, and they've given everything for the United. Unlike... Um, you know, say Carlos Tevez, who uh, was adored by the fans um, and has spent the, the last few months whinging and moaning about how he was treated with a lack of respect, including an interview in this month's Loading magazine, which uh, particularly wound me up uh, because he used the words, they've shown me no respect. I think what they meant was he didn't get enough time on the pitch uh, because in April uh, uh, this year, indeed, he uh, said in an interview that Ferguson had shown him total respect from the moment he walked into the club. So, which one is it, Carlos? Respect or no respect? <laughs> they don't give me no respect. Um, sorry, I think that was supposed to be Rocky, but it wasn't good. Um, <laughs> um, Rocky versus Carlos Tevez. Now, I'd like to see that matchup. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I'd be worried for Rocky's well-being, actually. Carlos Tevez looks like he'd... Uh, be vicious in a fist fight. Um, it was quite reassuring to see him be a little bit rubbish for City last weekend. That's because he is just a little bit rubbish. Um, and he's playing tonight, in fact, in the uh, the Carling Cup. So he's already been re- relegated to City's Carling Cup side. 
um, uh, to steal another line uh, from the Guardian Football podcast, he's uh, the rich man's Dirk Kout. <laughs> That's what the yeah. description of Carlos says. Anyway, yeah, I mean, you know, listen, I'm I'm not one to turn on a player he, he, just because he goes to City and slags off the club and tells everyone that Ferguson doesn't show him any respect. But, you know, he did work hard for United and he did always appear to be trying very hard, at least, when he played for us. So it's not dance on his grave too much. But, yes, amusing to see him not play very well for City. No, and, yeah. a, and a very okay. gleaming, shiny grave he'll have as well with his uh, £150,000 a week. Uh, <laughs> you can't take it with you, man. You can't take it with you. No, no, I can't. That's why I spend it all right now. Um, so on on that note uh, we bid you farewell uh, listeners to Rantcast uh, hope you enjoyed episode 3 join us next Saturday morning for episode 4 goodbye bye